Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and on this episode, we're featuring BizTimes publisher Dan Meyer's interview with Wayne Oldenburg, the 2022 recipient of our Lifetime Achievement Award at our Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum, which took place in early December. Thank you to our event sponsors, Johnson Financial Group and Meisner, Tierney, Fisher & Nichols, who helped make the event possible. Here's BizTimes editor Andrew Weiland to introduce Dan and Wayne's conversation. For more than a decade now, BizTimes Media has recognized Southeastern Wisconsin's most accomplished entrepreneurs with our Lifetime Achievement Award. This award recognizes those with a long track record of building businesses that shape our region's economy, provide jobs to hundreds if not thousands of people, create value for themselves and others, and give back to the community. Previous Lifetime Achievement Award honorees include Michael Cudahy, Sheldon Lubar, Valerie Daniels Carter, and Robert Kern. To see more past winners, uh, turn to page 29 in the latest issue of BizTimes Milwaukee. Here it is. Is that your place settings? This year, we are proud to add Wayne Oldenburg to our list of Lifetime Achievement Award winners. Wayne started Oldenburg Group in 1981. Over the years, the diversified industrial company made equipment for mining, timber harvesting, lighting fixtures, and the military. At one point in the late 1980s and early 90s, Oldenburg Group made the Inc. 500 list of fastest growing companies in America for five straight years, ranking as high as 20th. Portions of its mining business were sold to Joy Global for $140 million in 2006, and other subsidiaries were sold to a private equity firm in 2016. Oldenburg Group continues to operate Visa Lighting in Glendale, and Wayne continues to serve as the company's CEO. Wayne has given back to the community in a number of ways, including through board service and providing rent-free space at the, at the company's headquarters for several nonprofits. Oldenburg Group was a finalist in the in-kind supporter category at this year's BizTimes Media Nonprofit Excellence Awards program. Unfortunately, Wayne is unable to join us today because of his travels. He did record an interview with Dan Meyer, BizTimes Media Publisher, discussing how he got his start, key decisions, and advice for other entrepreneurs. We'd like to share that video with you now. I'm here with the 2022 Entrepreneur Lifetime Achievement honoree, Wayne Oldenburg, the CEO of the Oldenburg Group. Congratulations, Wayne, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm flattered by the award. I really am. Thank you. I had a business degree as an undergraduate and then a doctorate in law. I practiced law for 15 years doing merger and acquisition work. But I always wanted to be in business. And um, in 1981, having just come off of Wisconsin-style divorce, when I got all the debts, she got all the money. Um, I literally didn't have any cash. So I wanted to get into business, and there was a gentleman who had a small business who was willing to sell it to me and take it all back on a note, $250,000 purchase price. My first year in business, uh, we did $464,000 in sales and lost $50,000. At that point, the practice of law didn't seem like such a bad idea. <laughs> um, 
But we managed to, uh, we defaulted on the note and he agreed to go for the second year on it. Um, we managed to start growing the business from there. Mm -hmm. So it grew from, from, that was 1981 to, to what it is today. What were some of the, the challenges along the way? Oh, many of them. Um, obviously starting up uh, money, cash, uh, is an important thing. Um, advantage I had back then versus people today is our banks were all local um, and you knew the people who were at the same gatherings with them at the same clubs at the same bo uh, charitable boards and things like that so um, they were able to loan money on knowing you Jim Wigdale who's running the M&I then said uh, that they bank corporations but they bank on people mm -hmm. so I was allowed to borrow uh, quite a bit of money uh, over time. I never had to uh, go to venture capital or bring in outside shareholders or anything else. Today it's a little tougher than that with the banks being located somewhere else and you're more of a number on it. Um, there is a lot of uh, venture money um, available, um, private equity funds and things like that, but when you're, when you're very small uh, it's difficult to interest them enough um, right. on doing it. So that's, that and hiring employees, good employees, has always been a challenge over time, and, and it still is today. Yeah, especially today. Yeah. I made a few acquisitions, again, being able to borrow money. Um, in uh, 84, I was able to buy a company called Swiss Tech. was in Delavan, Wisconsin. Shareholders, uh, it was going under, it was going bankrupt. Shareholders had pledged their homes, etc. cetera. Um, so the bank said to me, um, we'll own you 75000 personally, you put it in the company and take over all of that and we'll re release the shareholders. Mm -hmm. So that was some good growth. In 86, the same thing happened in another business, same bank referring the people to me. Um, and it was in the end of the bank, the company was going to go bankrupt. Um, I first thought they really complimented me as an entrepreneur, and I, and I realized they were just dumping their garbage someplace. <laughs> um, fortunately, I was able to make it uh, work uh, as I went through. The big growth started in uh, 88, acquired a business called Lakeshore, uh, which was a relatively small military defense business. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a big step for me, and it got us into heavy equipment, which was the basis for everything else we did as we grew over time. Uh, but that was during the period where I made the uh, Inc. 500 five years in a row. It was 24th. Uh, five years in a year, row? Five years and in a row. And you were 24th. Fantastic. Like 20, number 24 at the, at the height of what we were able wow. to do. So, wow. Congratulations. That's, that's a great thing. It was good. Um, I'm sure you've learned a few lessons along the way. And I'm sure you haven't made any mistakes or you have any regrets. <laughs> but if you could share some of the, the things... Um, you know, acquiring businesses, growing the businesses, and then maybe selling some and retaining and growing others. What, what are some of the things that, that you could share that might be helpful to others that are in those same shoes, growing and acquiring and, and trying to figure out where they're going to end up with their, their companies? Well, um, a couple of things. One I've always said, and I think never give up, uh, but uh, stay humble. It's better to assume humility than have it thrust upon you. And uh, keep that kind of characteristic as you go forward. Um, bringing people in um, is the most important thing uh, that I think can be done. And early on, I made some mistakes uh, because there wasn't much cash. And we always looked at the amount we were paying people, you know, keep the payroll as low as possible. 
and it was wrong. Um, the advice I would give to any entrepreneur is that pay as much as you need to to get high quality people. Um, it, it, it really doesn't matter the cost if you get somebody who's self-motivated. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned many things over the years about how to educate people or how to train people going forward. I've never learned how to motivate somebody. Um, it's got to come with from within. If they have the mm -hmm. fire in their belly, they'll be very successful to you. So pay what you need to uh, mm -hmm. to get those kinds of people attracted to your business. What other kinds of uh, advice um, have you had or could you share uh, with others that are trying to figure this out? Well, um, staying close to the customer. Um, I mean, that sounds like um, something everybody would say. Uh, but as a practical matter, um, people do business with people. I mean, you're dealing with a corporation um, or other entrepreneurs or what have you. Um, but it's the personal relationship you can build with the individual within that corporation that you're dealing with. So there is that um, knowing each other, that trust, like it was early on with the banks. Uh, so um, doing whatever you can to work on that kind of a relationship really pays off. Mm -hmm. uh, they get to know you and they trust you, especially today where there's not a lot of it that's face-to-face. -face. You're going to be doing a lot electronically. Mm -hmm. um, try to talk about things other than business to really get to know each other. Right. I learned a long time ago that um, you shouldn't try to sell what you happen to make, but you should make what the customer wants. And to do that, um, we have what we call innovation groups. Um, where we actually bring customers in. And um, now we built a lodge in northern Wisconsin, so they'll come and we can entertain them, and you know, that's attractive to them too. But they really want to give their ideas, mm -hmm. uh, and they want the products that they're talking about. So um, we get a lot of innovation ideas during that process, uh, rather than just trying to do it internally and think of something that, wow, this would be great, let's take it to market. We'd rather make sure that the market wants it before we do it. Um, our customers will even sketch out designs that they want or the equipment that they're looking for um, in order to uh, communicate with us as to what's going on. Mm -hmm. So innovation for us is market-driven rather than uh, internally driven. What kinds of um, um, things do you do in your company that, that identifies good leaders and helps them then lead their teams? Well, obviously it's... Um, you hope you identify them in the interview process um, as to what they've done before or what potential that, that they have. You certainly can judge that in the first you know, short period of time that they would with the business, depending on how they're executing the responsibilities they give them. Uh, and more importantly, what the other people in the company think of them. We do 360-degree reviews, um, and uh, they're brutal at, some, at times. Uh, and we obviously share all of that. Uh, and that's something that I think has um, helped a great deal. People know what they think of each other. We've even gotten to the point where we'll um, take a retreat and ask a series of questions um, from the group about each individual. Wow. Put them up on a whiteboard to be very candid. Uh, mm -hmm. I tell them it's social callous. You can't get upset about what people are saying. It's it's for our own good mm -hmm. and for that person's own good to see how they can improve going forward. Most people take it pretty well. 
Have you always done those 360 reviews? And, yes, and, and we bring customers in on that too. The people that you're dealing with um, as our employee when you're dealing with it, we get opinions from them of what it's like to work with us really? and uh, with the team that they're, they happen to be working with um, so that we get the feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, I subject myself to those too. Mm -hmm. um, for me, they're anonymous so that people will honest. will really be open and honest mm -hmm. um and so there's no fear of retribution although i wouldn't do that anyway right but. is that um once a year quarterly a couple times a year um we'll do it um over time uh we've done it a couple times a year about every six months and it depends on where the person is from a seniority or experience standpoint somebody new is going to get it more frequently to guide him on the right way, or somebody who's gone into a new position that we've groomed them for to get feedback from the new employees, uh, their new employees, um, in that process. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's worked very well. And after you've done it for a while, you can do it shorter period of time, longer period of time, or, or skip sometimes, right. uh, because it's really something that the when first you got the information, times. yeah, that's when you got the information back on mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. It's good. A lot of individuals have have um, are are very uh, philanthropic and have given back to to the community. Um, you you are certainly an example of that. Could you describe your philanthropic philanthropic endeavors? Um, I know last month. You were just uh, an in-kind recognized. The Oldenburg Group was recognized as a as an in-kind supporter finalist at our Nonprofit Excellence Awards. And we were flattered by that nomination. By the way, thank you very much. And um, the advice I would give to entrepreneurs is start giving back as early as you can. Now, um, starting up businesses, you cash short. Mm -hmm. It's hard to make significant contributions. Um, so contributing time is the most valuable thing you can do, um, not just at the beginning, but throughout your career. Mm -hmm. um, over time, I've served on the boards of directors of Lakeland College, University School, the, the Ballet, UPAF, Junior Achievement, Medical College of Wisconsin, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, etc. And that's, sure, I give them money, but it's also important to give the time Nonprofits are just businesses, mm -hmm. and as entrepreneurs um, or selves managing a larger business, um, you've got the knowledge uh, that can help them run those businesses. So, I mean, I think, uh, at least I feel there's an obligation to give back to the community and help develop the community um, and uh, share your opinions and your experience with them as you do that. Mm -hmm. You've, you've uh, been a good example of that for many, many years, and I know especially with ABCD. Yes. Um, so, as we come to the conclusion here, are there any regrets where you are now in your career? Would you do anything different? Well, um, first, there's a couple things that I, uh, that really uh, were of value to me that I would recommend to young entrepreneurs. There's an organization called Young Presidents Organization, YPO. Uh, and although I had an undergraduate degree in business, I really learned about business and what to do from YPO. Um, they hold uh, meetings uh, here with educational uh, agendas. Um, they have what's called an international university at mm -hmm. some nice location. 
uh, where for a full week they got three track they have three tracks a day of uh, some of the biggest uh, well-known businessmen and speakers forever. That was really, and, and they have classes at Harvard and other universities just for YPO. Um, and that was uh, the biggest education for me, and I would encourage any entrepreneur uh, to check in with the YPO and, and see what's going on. Regrets, um, I don't know if it was, is, is a regret as opposed to something I should have explored earlier, but in the, in the mid-90s, um, I was approached about going public. Hmm. And um, I turned it down. I should have explored it further. Um, I was, after coming out of a law firm with 25 partners um, hmm. and, you know, 75 other lawyers, um, I saw how difficult it was to make a decision um, with a group. Um, so I always enjoyed the independence of, of uh, being the only shareholder, of being in charge, and also being able to look long, longer term, do things that no public business could do because it would tank the business for a year or more because we were developing mm -hmm. new products as we went out. Mm -hmm. And a, a slight regret um, on that. Um, the other thing, again, that turned the question is when you're exploring markets, um, don't just look at the U.S. Mm. And we ended up with factories in, uh, in England and in South Africa and Australia and Mexico because uh, we were going where the market was. And um, when building in those countries, they were more likely to buy from you. Today, it's easier to go international because of the, the Internet and everything online that you can do and still hire people in those locations but have them work remote. Mm -hmm. So I do that. I regret not having done that sooner with some of my early uh, companies uh, and you know looking back on it I think other entrepreneurs may regret not heading for those markets too rather mm -hmm. than just kind of I mean you want to expand in your existing markets mm -hmm. but finding uh, you, you got the product finding new geographic markets mm -hmm. is, is a lot easier than trying to design totally different product line and take that business for right Right. Keep your eyes wide open. So one, one last question. When, when it's time to maybe sell it or, or get out? Um, well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the market will tell you. We were in the coal mining business um, with the, we had the world market um, to our access because of uh, the countries we were dealing in, the factories I mentioned we put up. But that business uh, was really moving towards China. And we didn't have any infrastructure there. The cost of it would have been phenomenal to establish it. So the market was telling us at that point, it's time to sell, mm -hmm. um, just because we didn't have the ability to, to do that. And it was, it was the right time to sell because others were looking for our product line mm -hmm. so they could take it yeah. to China. Yeah. And we sold to Joy Global and, and uh, after two years of negotiation. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was a good deal for both of us uh, in retrospect on it. Um, the other thing is, when you think you've taken the business as far as you can, if it's going to flatline and you've done well and it's and it's doing well, um, but you can't grow it anymore, yeah. um, you know, do you want to just sit and uh, live with the cash flow you've you've got? And some people do that, and mm -hmm. that's fine. But if you want to be in a growing business, dynamic new experiences and things like that, it's probably time to cash mm -hmm. out, harvest, and maybe start something else up or acquire something else sure. uh, in related businesses you go through. 
at, at my age, it also comes into the um, whole estate planning mm -hmm. uh, end of the world. Um, fortunately, my son Ryan uh, came into the business a number of years ago and got out of Notre Dame. And um, I made him president of the lighting company a few weeks ago. Um, and we sold the other businesses prior to that as Ryan and I talked about what his real interest is in, and it was more technical stuff than cutting four-inch metal for mining equipment. Uh, and those were, um, the defense business was the right time to sell. There was a consolidation going on, mm -hmm. um, and we would have had to make huge investments to change uh, with what was going on there. So there's a variety of things, both yeah. personal, business, and market. A lot comes into play. Yes. Great. Well, with that, Wayne, I think we'll end it. Um, thank okay. you very much. I'm thank so you. glad you're able to join I us. I appreciate the invitation. Congratulations again, a well-deserved award. Sorry I'm not uh, able to be at the ceremony. Yes. Well, it's thank great you. to be with you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.